It's a top selector. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. The Mice Fist hits the bag. One, two, and comes back. Single fist here. You hear that beat? Think outside the box and then BOXing on top of them cocking and sending back to the corner for oxygen. Fist. Golden gloves, I Fist know myself. Rolling. I know the game. It's not a game. I know the ring. I want the belt. Finding the rhythm and hit him, split him and touch him and tip him. Hit that six pack with that good jab. Upper cut the bro, making him fall down. Break them all down. Switch stands, tippy toe, in the hands. Give some more. Now Muhammad Ali and I'm Ali and May. Weather pocket out, prodigy in the midst of this. This is S2 hot to rock. Think out the box. You know I got the rock. Speed back. That would be a little And I am black. I am black. This is Maestro. And uh, topic for today to lead it off, guys, is all about the bad boys of boxing. We're going to get into three of those particular individuals. All right. This is a punchlines. Uh, usually we are scheduled for mano a mano. Kenny, my my comrade, my partner in this YouTube game here for mano a mano. He's not feeling too well. So we will be doing another mano a mano sometime this week uh, for our members. But uh, this is Punchline. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. And I want to thank everyone uh, for joining me here today. I want to get big, a big up, though, especially to my members. I right? got a lot of good members. You see them scrolling along. Uh, they're at the bottom. All right. They are the uh, biggest supporters of this channel. So I want to make sure that I shout out those people. Uh, big up to all of my members. Big up to all of the subs. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the like button. All right. Let people know you're here. Invite them to the party. Hit the subscribe button if you're new to the channel. Because I'll tell you what, you're going to get a lot of great content here on Maestro. Ah, all right. We talk boxing. All right. We, we do a lot of, of the best boxing talk right here on this channel. All right. And uh, here we go. Look, I, I, I was asked to do a top five in the featherweight division. All right. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, we're going to talk about what happened. What happened in the UK yesterday? Uh, we're obviously talking about the man himself straight out of Mexico. All right. Distrito Federal is what I'm pretty sure uh, he represents. All right. Northern side of Distrito Federal. I'm talking about Branco Lara. Mauricio Branco Lara. He went over to the UK live on the zone. All right, and he did what he's done before. He went over there and he, he he knocked a British fighter out. All right, he did that. 
All right, this time the, the, the victim was none other than the WBA champion, former champion now, and I'm talking about, you know, Lee Wood, all right? Mauricio Lada took him out in the seventh round. It looked for a while like Mauricio Lada was, was going to struggle a little bit, already at a, you know, kind of a slow start. Second, uh, did pretty well, and then it looked like Lee Wood was kind of doing his thing, but look, you cannot count out a dynamic power puncher like Laura ever in a fight like this. And uh, Lee Wood, I mean, he he got sparked out, okay? I'm going to show some footage of that in a moment, courtesy of Bass the Kid. If you're not a subscriber to my brother Bass, make sure you subscribe to my brother Bass the Kid, the hardcore casual. He's not actually a hardcore casual. He's He's a hardcore fan of the sport. He's no casual. All right, make sure you subscribe to Base the Kid. I'm going to be showing some footage in a moment, okay? But, guys, Branco Lada is something special, all right? Uh, if you looked at Branco Lada between rounds, he never lo- lost confidence, right? If you looked at him between rounds, he never looked dejected. If you looked at him between rounds, he never looked like he wasn't going to get the job done. And he got the job done. So, you know, let, let's look at the at the KO here real quick. And and again, this is coming courtesy of Base the Kid. I just got to pull this up. Base was live at the fight. Base sent me the footage. So I got to give a big up to my brother Base the Kid. And then I want to ask you guys what you felt about the stoppage. Um, you know, boxer size Ben, as he's been referred to, Ben Davidson, by some of my comrades out there in the U.K., CrossFit Ben, you know, they, they like to say that he's not really a boxing guy. Um, you guys out there in the UK will know about that more than me. I, I Look, last time I lived in the UK was 2012. So that was over 10 years ago. And a lot changes in 10 years. All right. So um, some, some things might be the same. I don't know if you guys still use your Oyster cards out there. All right. Believe it or not, I used to work for a transport for London on, on the tube, on the underground. I lived in Brixton, SW2 end of the Victoria line, all right? And I used to be that guy helping people purchase their tickets, handling emergencies, you know, looking for bomb threats and all of the other stuff. That was me when I was out there in the UK, back in the Oyster Card era. You guys let me know if the, it's still the Oyster Card era because I, I haven't been in the UK in a while. You know, I used to love doing the station announcements back in the day too because, you know, you'd be like, who's this dude with the American accent giving us directions on the, on the PA? That was me. All right. And uh, they'd ask me to do them in Spanish as well, since I'm a Spanish speaker. But uh, let, let's get right into the footage. I, I don't know um, what, what particularly the con- controversy is, but we'll, we'll get into it in a moment. And uh, let's have let's have a look. Here we go. Again, this is courtesy of Base the Kid. All right, so that was the knockout. He got up. Um, we're going to end it there. He did get up. He was on shaky legs when the stoppage was was made. Um, he still kind of looked pretty fucked up to me, even in the post-fight interview. Uh, I, I thought the stoppage was a fair stoppage. I understand there was six seconds left in the round. I understand he probably could have made it to the stool. You know, I understand that 
he was the defending champion. Maybe you want to give him a little bit more time. But y'all got to also understand that, you know, the job of the trainer is to protect the, the health and safety of the fighter. And he probably saw something in his charge's eyes uh, that let him know, listen, that this ain't going the way we need it to go. He ain't coming back from that shot, you know, and, and he stopped the fight. But let, you guys let me know what you think in the chat. And I'm going to go through saluting everybody that's here. Ness Mendoza, thank you so much. Team Batman Boxing, salute. Nando Llamas. He's not just a sub, he's also a member. So I got to give a big up to Mr. Nando. Big up, Nando. We got Snoop C in the house. We got McTasty in the house. Bruce Gas, Boxing, Jazz, and more. Deluxe Recordings. My big brethren, Mr. Tony Marshall Official. Big up the real Bumba Clot Knowledge. Maestro. That's me. All right. Sorry if I was a little loud there on the mic. I love Tony. Tony's <laughs> comments, they get me a little excited. Uh, SWJ, my comrade out there in the UK, he says Lee Wood was boxing brilliantly, but he got complacent at the end of the sixth and thought he could KO Lada. You don't trade left hooks with a KO artist like Lada. Truer words have never been spoken. All right? Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, gonna, you know, throw gasoline on the fire that people have started uh, about Ben Davidson. I'm, I'm okay with the stoppage. I'm, I'm very good with the stoppage. Uh, look, I'm sorry. Lee Wood was really fucked up. You could see it. He got hit with a hard shot. He wasn't ready to continue. And, you know, I'm not going to compare this to like Chavez, um, Meldrick Tainer, but I just did. So maybe I'll just go with it. You know, the stoppage is the stoppage. All right. You know, the referee, when a referee stops a fight, he has to just look at it for what it is. The clock doesn't always necessarily come into, into play. The difference here is that it was a corner stoppage, not a referee stoppage. And the argument for Ben Davidson stopping the fight early or the criticism of it is that, look, you're not the ref. You do know that there's six seconds left. You know, give him a chance. He's the champion. Let him go back to the corner. I get all of that, but I'm not in the corner. I don't have the relationship Ben Davidson has with his fighter. I wasn't close enough to see what the eyes were looking at like. So I'm not I'm not in a position, honestly, to to make to make that judgment. I thought it was a, it was a good stoppage from where I was sitting. All right in the Bronx, New York, where I live, watching it on the big screen at home, all right, I, I thought it was a good stop. Let's, let's listen to, and, and not listen, but I'll read out what my big brethren, all right, the OG, Mr. Nando Jamas, thinks. So uh, Nando says, I thought Branco Lada took his foot off the gas to avoid a no contest due to an accidental headbutt. Interesting. I, that that uh, actually never crossed my mind. Um, but given his history in the UK, I mean, it's a very interesting conclusion to make or, or, or you know, uh, hypothesis or thesis statement to put out there. All right. Um, you know, I do agree with your next comment, Nando. Wood, 
could barely stand. He looked drunk. He also didn't look all the way there, all right, um, even in the post-fight press conference. I don't know if it was you who I was who was mentioning this yesterday when we were chatting, SWJ, but someone in the chat, all right, and I'm talking about the uh, undefeated podcast community chat. By the way, uh, big, big things are going to happen, all right, uh, with the undefeated podcast. Big up to Trav, big up to KG. They started their memberships. They doing it big. Support them. They my brethren. KG, the comedian, and Travis J, and I'm going to be working on something with them in the pipeline, but we'll get into that another time. But I, I don't know if it was you on, on the chat group, SWJ, that was saying that you don't like when these fighters are, are, are forced to answer questions right after a tough fight, especially a knockout. I've been saying that for years as well. You know, it's the lowest moment for you, you know, not to mention the fact you just took a heavy blow to the head. You really should be resting. You really should be getting medical attention. Somebody really should be taking care of you. And instead of that, what happens is they stick a microphone in front of your face and they ask you to, to answer these questions. Mentally, are you there? Emotionally, are you there? Probably not. But th this is, these, these are the things that, that happen in boxing. I thought it was a good stoppage. I really thought it was a good stoppage. Um, you know, and, and for the UK people, it's, it's tough. I get it because it looked like the the guy was was doing very well. I'm talking about Lee Wood. He was in his hometown in Nottingham. All right. Funny enough, I was actually in that very same arena uh, about ten years ago. No, eleven years ago. I think it was. It was eleven something around that time, maybe eleven about eleven. I don't have the date in front of me, but I was there for the Jean Pascal fight with Carl Frosch, and. Um, it's funny because there's a shopping center right beside the arena and I had two extra tickets. It was me and it was my cousin. Um, and uh, we were like trying to get girls to go with us. And, um, you know, boxing, I guess, you know, isn't, isn't, you know, like what the NBA or whatever would be over here. But we, let's just say we couldn't, we couldn't get those tickets off our hands. And I ended up, having two extra tickets to that fight. And they were very good seats. But long story short, it's a great arena. It's a great place to watch boxing. And Lee Wood filled it. A lot of his fans were there. The atmosphere was tremendous. You could hear them chanting and, and singing. And unfortunately, none of that matters when you're facing Branco Lara. All right, so let's have a look real quick uh, at the division. All right. I was asked earlier this morning to give my top five in this division. Uh, I'm going to do that now. I'm sure a lot of people are going to disagree with my top five, but my top five is my top five in the 126 pound division. And I am probably going to disappoint some UK people because I don't have a single guy from the UK in my top five at 126 all right um i don't have a single guy in the uk you know josh warrington didn't make my top five lee wood didn't take my top five and if you want to uh, add ireland into the mix i know ireland isn't part of the uk but culturally it's very close geographically it's very close and the uk still occupies the northern part of ireland 
you know, but I'll throw in the Republic of Ireland there too. I don't have, I don't have an Irish guy in there. So no, um, Conlon did not make my top five in the 126 pound division. So who's in my top five at 126? Well, uh, I'm going to get to that right now. All right. Um, I'm going to, uh, pull up my list over here. All right. Number one, believe it or not, is still Ray Vargas. All right, Ray Vargas took that loss at 130, uh, but he had jumped up to 130 uh, after essentially just winning the WBC title at 126. Uh, Ray Vargas is my number one fighter at 126 pounds. Um, Emmanuel Navarrete would have been in this list as well, but he's moved up to 130. And I believe Ray Vargas is going to be moving back down to 126. So he's still the undefeated at, at below or at 126 and below. I got to have him over there. All right. He's up there for me as my number one fighter. Two, three was a little bit more of a challenge for me. All right. Two, three, because I wasn't quite sure where I would place each of these individuals. But I'm going to go straight to Branco Lara at 126. Um, you know, it takes a special kind of fighter, I think, to beat a guy like Branco Lara. And I don't even know if Ray Vargas does it, but Ray Vargas has the best chance to do it, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm giving the edge to Vargas there with the height, the length, the experience, the reach advantage. I would also say the technical boxing ability as well. You know, I don't, I don't think it was a very good move for him to have left. Uh, the Nacho Berestain camp left uh, Distrito Federal, Mexico, and gone over to uh, his mom's hometown. Um, I think all of that played into a part of things, including him just going up in weight too soon. He had barely, you know, established himself at 126 fully, but I, I still put him there. Anyways, I have Blanco Lara as my number two. All right? Number three... Uh, and and I'm sorry to disappoint people that really liked what uh, Luis Lopez did, although it was very impressive, all right? Uh, it wasn't enough for me to put him in the number three spot. My number three guy is Mark Magsayo. Mark Magsayo, who beat Gary Russell Jr., albeit an injured version of him. Mark Magsayo, who did go to full distance with Ray Vargas, all right? Mark Magsayo is still my number three guy at... 126. All right. Number four, though, is Luis Lopez. All right. Number four is Luis Lopez. And number five is going to be a little bit tricky because I have two names for you guys. All right. The first is the heartbreak kid, the showstopper, the main event. I'm talking about Brandon Figueroa, who's moved up to 126. He's up there, but, but I got another name that I think beats most of these guys at 126. I think he beats Thomas Patrick Ward. I think he beats Mike Conlin. I think he beats Josh Warrington. I think he beats Lee Wood. And I'm talking about El Tren, Rovesi 
Ramirez. I've seen the guy live a few times. All right. Uh, he's got a great team behind him. And he's starting to sit down on his punches now. Ask Abraham Supernova. All right. Robesi Ramirez is my number five ranked fighter at 126. So those are my top five. Um, I'm sure people will disagree with it. I'm sure people in the UK will be like, oh, Maestro, why didn't you put up Lee Wood? He just got knocked out. Oh, Maestro, why didn't you put up Josh Warrington? Uh, Overrated. How about that? Overrated. Overrated. I'm sorry. Matchroom's done a very good job pushing these guys up to where people are considering them kind of almost best in the world status, but no. Warrington never stood a shot against Navarrete. Warrington never stood a shot against Ray Vargas. Warrington, I don't think, ever stood a shot against Mark Magsayo. Conlon got his ass knocked out of the ring against, against Lee Wood, and we just saw what happened to Lee Wood last night against Bronco Lara. Okay, so, by the way, I think a, gay, a guy even like Joe Gonzalez gets busy on Lee Wood or on Josh Warrington, personally. So, you know, you, you, you want to you wanna put, put guys like Warrington or, or uh, Lee Wood in the top five. You know, I get it. They got top five marketing. I get it. They got the top five push from the zone. I get it. They got arguably the best promoter pushing them, but I'm sorry. They're, 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 not, they're not in my top five. And I think Joe, Joe Gonzalez gets busy on them, you know, um, and, and they just not in the same category for me as a Mark Magsayo, a Brandon Figueroa, you know, not even mentioning Ray Vargas. He, he, a wick above them as far as I'm concerned. And I, I don't think, I don't think they do very well at all against El Tren. Robesis Ramirez. Or Robesi Ramirez. Okay. So that, that, that's my take on that. All right. And um, as my Mexican brothers and sisters would say, as my Chicanos would say, you want to put Lee Wood in, 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 you want to put Josh Warrington in the top five? No mames, way. No mames. All right, so where would I like these guys to go now? Uh, unification. I'd love to see Ray Vargas in there against Mauricio Branco Lara. Right? I'd love to see Luis Lopez against Mauricio Branco Lara. All right? And um, I think there are a lot of tremendous fights that can be made across this division. I just hope that we get to see some of these fights made, okay, between between uh, the top-tier guys in the division, all right? Speaking about a, about a bad hombre, okay, you know, you want to talk about bad hombres in boxing. Uh, you you got to mention Luis Neri. Uh I don't know how many of you saw the fight live on the zone. You might have been distracted by the other card on the zone last night featuring Felix Sturm. Yeah, 
Felix Verstorm fought last night in Stuttgart, and I actually watched it. I'm sorry, I got a problem. All right, uh, on the undercard of that was Francois Bolta. I believe it was an exhibition fight, but he was on the undercard of that. So I don't know who, how many of you saw that. I hope you got to see the fight last night between uh, Luis Neri, all right, and um, Azat Hovanesian, the uh, California-based Armenian fighter. A lot of Armenians in California, especially around the Glendale, California area, all right? And, uh, guys, it was, a, it was a tremendous fight. It was action-packed. It was nip and tuck. It was back and forth. It was a southpaw against an orthodox. They were both laying hands on each other. And it looked to me as if going into the second half of that fight that Nettie was starting to tire a little bit, all right, that Azat Hovanesian was getting close to him and especially once he upped the body attack, was really starting to poke holes in Nettie's defense. And then out of nowhere, bang. Um, Luis Neri stops Hovenisian in the 11th round. Um, it was not an easy fight at all. Neri needed to be very aggressive, all right? He needed to throw a lot of power shots, all right? And Neri's a guy who's faced a lot of criticism in the past, criticism about his dedication to the sport, you know, criticism about alleged PED use, criticism about his his lack of allegiance to, to a training team and a training camp and a training setup. And, uh, yeah, um, he, he, was, he was definitely dedicated for this fight because you don't do what he did and walk through that fire the way he walked through it uh, and knock out a guy like Azat Hovanesian if you are not mentally and physically prepared for battle and prepared for grueling trench warfare. Reese Mack, you said it. It's the fight of the year type match. Oscar was spending the entire week trying to tell everybody about this. Uh of course, people wanted his opinions on other things not related to the card. By the way, the undercard was not very good. The undercard of the Lee Wood Bronco Lada fight also wasn't very good. Um, but people wanted Oscar's opinion on these other matters, like Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia, and and you know, I believe he was asked questions about Canelo and about Benavides and about Caleb Plant and about anything other than this fight. And he was telling people, tune in Saturday night. Show up to watch Saturday night because you will not be disappointed. And Oscar gets a lot of slack, but I'm going to give a big up, big up to Oscar. Okay, because uh, I, th- I think Oscar's kind of turning it around in 2023. I'm seeing a new Oscar. I'm seeing an Oscar that's showing up to the fight week festivities. I'm seeing an Oscar who's showing up to the weigh-in and to the press conferences and to the fights and 
you know, promoting his fighters. I like to see it. I, I love to see guys like Oscar, who I grew up idolizing to a certain extent, you know, uh, legends in the game, all right, who had their lows, bounce back, and he's bounced back. You know, he with a new woman, he got a new body, you know, he's taking control of his promoting game, all right, and he's putting on some really good fights. So I'm going to give him credit for that one. Neri uh, Hovanesian was a, was a tremendous fight. All right, I agree with Nando that Pomona Theater looked dope, great atmosphere. All right, but I've also got to say that I'm a little bit disappointed in something Golden Boy is doing. I'm a little bit disappointed in one thing that's on the horizon. I'm a little bit disappointed, guys. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I am not happy about Zurdo taking on Gabe Rosado, okay? Gabriel Rosado lost at 168 to a guy fighting on the undercard who's really not that great or anything special, Shane Mosley Jr. Shout out to Shane Mosley Sr. Shane Mosley Sr. was a great fighter. Shane Mosley Sr. was in great battles. Shane Mosley Sr., Provided me with great entertainment as I was, you know, uh, growing up as as a young boxing fan. And a guy, you know, trying to do his thing as an amateur. Shane Mosley, Shane Mosley Sr., big up to Shane Mosley Sr. Shane Mosley Jr.? Uh, I'm just not interested. I'm sorry. Okay? And the fact that Shane Mosley Sr. beat... Gabriel Rosado, and now Gabriel Rosado is somehow an acceptable opponent for one of the top, not middleweights, not super middleweights, one of the top light heavyweights in the sport, in Zordo Ramirez. Make that make sense to me, guys. Make that make sense to me. And then a guy that I highly respect, a guy who shows me a lot of love every time I see him, you know, a guy who I give respect for coming up in the game hard. I'm talking about Sergio the Latin Snake Mora. My man Sergio, he trying to sell me that this is a, a, a fight that he's excited about and that we should all be tuning in for it. I'm I'm just not seeing it. I'm sorry. Okay, I get it. Like, you lost to Bivol, but it's not like, you know, you got knocked out cold and took a beating. I, I just don't understand why your, your, your fight following that is against a guy whose best years were at 160 and who, by the way, I mean, let's just be honest. They weren't that great years at 160. And I'm somebody who was who was banging on the Congas. You know? Uh, about Zordo. You know, and Kenny was here on the channel clowning me. You know, week after week for talking about Zordo, and I think Zordo's great, and 
He's calling Zurdo all kind of names. You know, saying that Zurdo was fighting trash uh, 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 sanitation workers. By the way, shout out to my sanitation workers. I mean, it's nothing against sanitation workers. All right, shout out to all of the workers. Shout out to all of the working class comrades. You know, especially those like me that work in the public sector, union men and women. It's not against that. It's just that, you know, Kenny didn't think that Zordo's level of, of opponents was very strong. All right. And th- those were the Sullivan Barreras. Those were the Unieski Gonzalez. Those were actual guys who at least were light heavyweights. Now, we, to me, it's like we've gone back like 20 steps, 30 steps. After taking multiple steps forward. So. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm just not with that one. So I giving. I'm giving. I'm giving Oscar all the credit in the world. For the fight card that took place. One of the best fights so far this year. Between Luis Netty and Avat Hovanesian. But I cannot co-sign. I cannot co-sign Uzurdo taking on Gabriel Rosado. I I just can't. I just can't do it. All right. And no, Zurdo ain't trash, Nando. I'm saying this because I think Zurdo should be taking on better guys. Anthony Yard, Joe Smith Jr., Jean Pascal. Give me some credible names at 175 who are former champions or who are top-level contenders. Don't give me a former middleweight gatekeeper. Okay? So, and I'm, I'm being harsh here because I like Zurdo. I like Julian, uh, Julian uh, 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 Chua, his trainer. Right? And I like Oscar. And I want Oscar to do well. Because if Golden Boy Promotions does well, then I think we're all doing well as boxing fans because we need promoters putting together big fights and we need guys getting involved in cross promotions. All right. Yeah, that's a good one to be more to uh, to BK. Absolutely. Give me a Marcus Brown. That's 100% accurate. Yeah. But... Don't give me a former gatekeeper at 160 that honestly, like, I would actually love to see him focus on the movies, on the TV, focus on training people, because I honestly think that Gabriel Rosado is going to get very badly hurt against Zurdo, and I don't think that's a good look for Zurdo. I don't think that's a good look for Gabriel Rosado or for Wildcard or for Freddie Roach or for anybody involved. All right. I, I hope so too, Nando, because I'm with you. I'm I've I've been I've been I've been there on the Zordo thing. You know it. We both have, right? But I'm I just can't be there for this. Salute, Remy. I hope everybody's enjoying uh, enjoying this so far. All right. If you didn't know, this is a punchline. We'll be back for mano a mano. All right, Kenny's under the weather. We got bugs going all over the place, and we don't want to leave all of our Viewers stranded, so we here for a punchline. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. And uh, make sure you hit that like button for me, please. If you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. 
We're here every Sunday, 12 p.m. Eastern. We're going to add another edition of Mono a Mono during the week. So the weekend show is going to be kind of like a recap show, then we'll have more of a preview theme show. Obviously, there'll be kind of a Venn diagram thing going on. There'll be some overlap, but we're going to be upping the content in 2023. I got to 3,000 subs. We're pushing for 4,000 now. All right? Baby steps here on Maestro. Ah, and uh, I want everybody to also check out my man Kenny T's content. All right, it's been it's been good, it's been great, and I want everybody to step over and and check that out when you're done over here. All right, later tonight you can also check out my brother Joe Habib on Ringside Report a lot. He goes live 6 p.m. Eastern. All right, every Sunday with my other brother Eric Lorda. Shout out to Eric Lorda because those two brothers they go live Sundays. All right, and then of course, all right. Of course, all right, after you're done with your weekend boxing content, you got to get your week started off with Monday Night Smoke. All right, and you're talking to the final boss here. That's me. That's Maestro. All right, but I join KG, the comedian, and Travis J as often as I can on that channel, The Undefeated. Check them out Mondays. They're also a featured channel on this channel here. All right, so uh, show the love, spread the love, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, support the channels that support this channel, and uh, you'll also be doing yourselves a favor because it's great boxing content across the board. So we started off, and we were talking about some of the uh, the bad boys of of boxing, and we're going to get into... All right, the last one that I had to discuss today here before we get into some other topics, all right? Bad boy. Come out and Come play. You know we had to do a remix, right? Oh. Oh. This is mad. I get more butt than ashtrays. And I'm talking about Jake Paul. All right. When it comes to the bad boys of boxing, I got to put him up at the top of the list because he's the most hated on in the sport. I've been a a lot more uh, positive about Jake Paul from the outset than a lot of other people have been. I've pointed out the fact that I think a lot of his haters are in my age category, right? Kind of the older millennials and above. You know, people who are in their mid-30s to uh, 40s and above who love boxing, probably wish they could have done more in boxing and see this young white dude from the Midwest who has decided to dedicate himself to the sport that we all love and make some of, something of himself. I get it. We didn't all have the ability to hire trainers and build gyms and hire full-time teams to get us ready for fights against people making their pro debuts, people who never really were much in boxing. Um, but it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I will be tuning in Saturday to watch Jake Paul take on Tommy Fury. I'm looking forward to this fight. Uh, and believe it or not, 
Um, I'm actually rooting for Jake Paul. Okay? Now, people say, oh, but my Astro, you're being biased. Well, here's the thing. I got my own channel. I'm not working for the zone. You want to see bias, tune into the zone. Because there was a lot of stuff happening last night that I was very, very unhappy with in terms of bias. Okay? And I like the zone people. I've met a lot of zone people. Okay? But, I mean, it's getting from really bad to really bad to worse. I mean, months ago, last year, when uh, Derek Chisora was fighting Pulev, do you remember this fight? Tony Bellew's literally filling out a scorecard for zone and going down to the corner and yelling instructions and encouragement to uh, Derek Chisora before going back to his table to fill out the zone scorecard for the broadcaster. All right? Last night, I don't know how I turned this into a rant on zone when I'm intended to, 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 to talk about Jake Paul, but we'll, follow me. We'll get to it. All right, uh, last night, we had Carl Frosch visiting the change room. Carl Frosch making it absolutely clear that he was favoring Leewood, right? We had Smith leading a a cheer of the crowd in favor of Leewood after his undercard fight. And Ade saying, couldn't have said it better myself. In other words, we're all going for Lee Wood. This is the Lee Wood Network. This is the Lee Wood Party. Lee Wood, Lee Wood, Lee Wood. That's literally the tenor and tone of the The Zone broadcast last night. Listen, I got to say something. I don't live in the UK. I got a UK passport, but I don't live over there anymore. All right? And as a boxing fan... Watching boxing on a global platform like The Zone, which goes to Canada, Australia, Mexico, the United States, is all over Europe, is in Asia. This ain't a UK broadcaster. And even if it was, that would be highly unprofessional. Okay? This isn't your YouTube channel like mine. All right? This isn't your Twitter page. Right? This is you broadcasting to a global audience about a world championship fight where you're all, Lee Wood, Lee Wood, Lee Wood, let's go Lee, let's go Lee, rally caps. I mean, come on. So, uh, and yeah, you're right, Reese, man. One left hook did shut all of that down. So, anyways. Going back to uh, what I was going to talk about, which is Jake Paul. I don't really have anything against Tommy Fury. I really don't. Um, this isn't about Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury's doing what Tommy Fury can. Tommy Fury's the younger brother of the heavyweight champion of the world. So, of course, he's going to kind of leverage that a little bit, right? You know, Tommy Fury was on Love Island which is a show that my wife watches. Um, I only recently found out because of her that they actually have like a U.S. version. It's like in Vegas or something or at some uh, resort over there doing 
you know, their female stuff. I mean, even the men on that show act like females, but I, I digress. Um, so I get it. But what I've never really understood is this idea that somehow Jake Paul is the fake fighter and Tommy Fury's the real fighter, right? Jake Paul is the phony. Tommy Fury's the real deal, right? Jake Paul has never fought a boxer. Tommy Fury, he, he, he's fought professional boxers. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that, that uh, Jake Paul has the best record ever against actual professional boxers. I'm pretty sure the only two people he's fought with professional boxing records before he fought them were Tyron Woodley, not the first time, because he was making his pro debut, but the second time. So he fought an 0-1 fighter, and he fought uh, Anderson Silva, who had some, some pro fights, right? Other than that, he's pretty much just taking on guys making their pro debuts. It is what it is. But, I mean, let, let's, let's, have a look at, let's have a look at the Tommy Fury box rack real quick. Humor me, please. Humor me, all right? Um, because the Tommy Fury box wreck really isn't looking too good. The, the Tommy Fury box wreck really isn't looking like he's anything that people should be saying is way better than Jake Paul. Here it is, all right? TNT Fury, 23 years of age. I mean, it looks great, right? 8-0, 4 KOs. But we got to do the Carfax, right? We got to kick the tires a little bit. We got to check the engine, right? You got to make sure that that check engine light isn't coming on. And what you do when you do that is you see he made his pro debut against, and I'll zoom in on this so you guys can see this. A little tough for you guys right now. Hold on to see. Let's see all this. Let me zoom in on this because I want to see this loud and clear. See it clearly, I should say, and hear me loud and clear. Uh, Jeff Jenjins Andrejevs was 10, 102, and 3. So that's who he made his pro debut against. Then he fought a guy named Callum, not Callum Smith, Callum Ide, 0, 26, and 2. Then he's, what, these, these Polish names always struggle, I always struggle with them. Premislaw Binienda, 2, 26, and 0. Uh, then he fought, Gennady Trajivskij, 0-11-0. Then it was Scott Williams, as I remember uh, Thomas Triber, like trying to make him sound all, all impressive, 0-9-0. So first one, two, three, four, five opponents were guys with like not just losing records, like literally you getting paid to lose records, like, over and over and over and over again. All right? Didn't start taking on guys with winning records until literally less than two years ago against Jordan Grant, 2-0-0. And by the way, if you go to Jordan Grant, you'll see that his 2-0 at the time was built off of losing records. So that's really another loser in terms of records. Then we got Daniel 
Bozianski, who again, if you look into the record, uh, faced off against a lot of, of guys with losing records. Here comes box rec with the ads. Anyways, my point is the guy hasn't really been facing anybody. All right. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm actually looking forward to tuning in. There's actually a decent undercard fight. We've got the WBC uh, Cruiserweight Championship, which is going to be contested between um, Makabu and Badu Jack. That's a pretty good fight. Um, and then we've got the main event. I, I don't really know what else is happening under that, to be honest. Uh, I haven't really been focused on that undercard. Maybe I'll do a deeper dive into this later on. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how this goes. I actually think uh, Tommy Fury is not bad for boxing at all. I've been saying this for pretty much since he started. Oh, my Astro, you don't keep it real on Tommy Fury. Uh, no, I do keep it real. But I just don't, I'm just not seeing the negative sides of it. If you don't like it, don't watch. All right? Um, and it's not the Zone X series at all, is it? So it is what it is. Uh, so those are the three guys. All right? Three guys. We're talking about the three bad boys that I've, I've gone over today. We've got in Bronco Lada, who apparently spit on Josh Warrington after the fight. I don't know if you guys heard about that. At least that's what Josh Warrington's saying. Absolutely obliterated Lee Wood. All right. We've got Luis Neri, who did tremendously, at least finished tremendously against um, Abed Hovenizian in a very toughly contested fight. And we've got Jake Paul, who's going to be taking on uh, Tommy Fury this weekend, coming weekend, I should say. Uh, there was something I wanted else I wanted to review. Uh, that took place this weekend. I don't know how many of you guys saw this, um, but I'm going to go over it real quick. And I want your guys' thoughts. And I want, I, I especially want want uh, my UK people's thoughts on this one. All right. Big D delivers. All right. This was on BT Sport. David Adelaide knocks out Demetro Bezos. All right, this happened Friday night, I believe. or I, I think it was Friday night. Uh, we don't get these cards over here, and I wasn't uh, able to watch this live because I didn't have my, uh, my TV viewing device, is what I will call it, that allows me to watch all my cards in the UK. Um, but l let's have a look, and you guys tell me, tell me what you think. Here we go. Nice left hand from Bezos, yeah. All right, so that's another UK prospect in the heavyweight division, David uh, Adelaide. Um, they served up Dimitro Bezos, a Ukrainian guy who went into the fight undefeated in that one. Uh, but the thing is, when you look under the under the records, you do see that a lot of those wins were against guys with losing records. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to play too much into it, but it was a pretty good knockout. And um, you know, 
I don't think this is that controversial to say. I think Frank Warren has the best, I would say, stable in the heavyweight division um, right now. He's got the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. He's got the Jugga 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 Choo Choo Joe Joyce, the Juggernaut. All right. He's got uh, Triple D, Dynamite Dubois. He's got David Adelaide. And then he's also got this guy, Moses Atuma, the, the, the young prodigy out there in the UK. I mean, the win in his debut was a little fugazi, but that wasn't his fault. The guy that literally showed up, showed up to lay down. But I think Big Frank, you need to give him his props. I mean, he's got he's he's put together a pretty impressive stable, right? I I don't think Adelaide is is in the same category as a Jared Big Baby Anderson. Um. But I, I liked what I saw there. Uh, I really liked the way he 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 literally fought, you know, as a counterpuncher at, at at that moment. The guy he invited the guy in and then pieced him up, yo, with that. It was a nice left hook that, that he hit him with. So uh, SWJ David Ale isn't very good. Fabio Wardley beats him easily. Solomon Dakers and Big Phrase would beat him as well. IMO. The problem with Big Phrase is Big Phrase doesn't take on anybody. Um, I mean, I'm not saying this guy, Demetrio Bezos, was that great, but he way better than anybody Big Phrase is taking on. I mean, these Big Phrase opponents, I mean, SWJ, I mean, they're really not saying that much. But I get it. He's got the Team GB background. Fabio Wardley was impressive his last time out. I'm not going to lie. Um. But I, I agree with McTasty. You don't see many heavyweights knocking peeps out on the back foot. So nice prospects. I agree. I, I just I'm just gonna throw that out there. I thought it was a pretty good knockout, which is why I'm sharing it, why I'm showing it. I I thought it was decent. All right. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. So the other thing I wanted to talk about today, um, and I'll probably go into this in more details later on, but it does look like the fight uh, between Javante Tank Davis, speaking of bad boys of boxing, and Ryan Garcia has got at least one hurdle uh, removed from it. And by the way, I'll drop the link too in case anybody wants to join in. I should have done that. Should have done that earlier. All right, and for those of you who are a little bit later, no mano a mano today. I'm doing a punchline. Kenny T's not feeling very well, but we will do a special mano a manos because we always do those for our members. All right. And we'll get that out to you guys uh, sometime this week. All right. But it does look like at least one roadblock has been removed from that, uh, you know, that, that might have prevented the fight from taking place. I would say the biggest roadblock was going to be the fact that Javante Tank Davis facing all of these charges, all right, might have been sentenced um before the fight but apparently he's being sentenced uh well after the fight uh is supposed to take place because the fight's set for april and he's apparently going to be sentenced for the four charges he he 
pled guilty to. He's going to be sentenced in May. So at least that has been removed as an obstacle to this fight taking place. We'll see if it still takes place. I heard Oscar talking about it last night on the DAZN card, and he was essentially saying that he hopes an announcement will be made Monday, meaning tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. Because uh, time is ticking, and if this fight is going to take place and the promotion is going to be done for it, then they're going to have to get to work on this pretty pretty soon. Right? Because, I mean... Fights are being announced. Pay-per-views are being announced. Uh, we've already got Benavides taking on Plant, all right? Um, and more fights are being added to the calendar pretty much on a weekly basis. So, you know, A.J. Franklin's been added, right? Terrible fight, by the way, but it is what it is. Um I mean, even the promotional packages for A.J. Franklin really aren't really looking that good. Remember, my wife saw it last night. She's like, that's the guy A.J.'s facing? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, well, uh, now I understand why you've been s saying the things that you've been saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not against the fight happening. I I'd like to see the fight happen. I, I see it for what it is. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really a meaningful fight. You've got two guys who haven't really done much at 135. Although I think an argument can be made that Ryan's done more at 135 because he, he beat Luke Campbell. Um, Tank's got a fake belt at 135, and they're not fighting at 135. They're fighting at 137. So technically at 140, the 140-pound division. It is what it is. It is what it is. But as you said, Gabe Torres, I'm not holding my breath. We'll see what happens. The fight I really want to see happen that I'm more interested in getting uh, it getting done is Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. Tyson Fury, the WBC champ, taking on Usyk, the Ring Magazine, WBA, WBO, IBF champ. And I think, I think the reason that this fight isn't happening or hasn't been announced just yet is, is, is a pretty obvious one. Um, it's essentially a math problem. And the problem with the AJ Usyk fight is that it's not happening in the Middle East where the purses would have been astronomical. And therefore, Fury and his team don't want to do it for 50-50 money. And people will be like, well, well why, my astro, they should just do it for 50-50. Yeah, I understand that, but this is a business at the same time. Oh, well, uh, my astro, uh, Tyson Fury only has one title. And Alexander Usyk has four titles. Yeah, I, I get that. But again, this is a business, right? And the fact of the matter is, and I, I hate to burst people's bubbles. You know, Maestro's been known for hurting people's feelings every now and again on YouTube. 
typically only after they come for me the wrong way, but we won't get into all of that. The fact is, in the UK, which is where the majority of pay-per-views will be sold, uh, will be um, will be uh, sold for this fight. Usyk against Fury does what? Ten percent more pay-per-views than Fury versus Dillian. I don't know, maybe fifteen. I think twenty is kind of pushing it. So I'm going to hover around the 10 to 15% because Usyk's not really a big star. Most people think that this is a guaranteed win for Fury. I know I'm I'm picking Fury. I know Russ Amber, who I, who I like a lot. You know, I see him as almost a mentor kind of guy. Um, he he He's very high on Usyk beating Fury. I'm not there yet. But just putting myself in the shoes of a casual fan who's going to be purchasing the pay-per-view, I mean, what does this do? 10% more than, than the Fury White fight? 15%? Okay, even 20%. Let's go all the way to 20. It does 20% more pay-per-views than, than Fury versus White. The problem for Fury and his team is that 50% of 20% more is less than your lion's share of 80% or 70% against a guy like White or Chisora. So the Fury team is essentially in, 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 in the position of if you give Usyk 50% of the pot of 10, 15, 20% more pay-per-views being sold, you actually end up making less money to fight Usyk than you make to fight a, a, a guy like Dillian. So I think both teams are going to have to humble themselves a little bit um, because... This is the fight that needs to be made in the heavyweight division. I think Usyk's going to have to come off of that 50. Maybe don't go all the way to 40, but could we settle on a 45 and just get the fight done? Because it goes without saying that Usyk ain't selling this in the UK. If it happens in the UK, Fury is. Right? And speaking about another bad boy of boxing, I mean... Tyson Fury is definitely that. So sticking with the theme of the show, right? So that that's that's essentially the equation right now. Okay, uh, that's essentially the equation. Let's have a look at some of these. Oh, we got a super chat here from my man Nando. Let me go back and find that. Sorry, Nando, I I was on my rant. I didn't see it. Right, let me see if I could pull that one up. I think you must have left that a, a minute ago. Oh, here we go. Thank you, Nando. Appreciate the super chat. Nando's not just a sub. He's a member. Consider a member. And at least do me a favor. Hit the sub bu- uh, subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. And jab the like, please. Jab the like. All right? So we got 
Tank and Jamel really shouldn't be fighting prospects at this point in their careers. I blame Jamal. Oh, sorry, not Jamel. Where are we, what are we doing here? Jamel or Jamal? Tank and Jamel shouldn't, really shouldn't be fighting prospects at this point in their careers. I blame Jamal and until recently, Mayweather. Yeah, well, Jamel's getting busy. I think it's Jamal that's not really getting busy. All right? Um, so there you go. So let, let's get back to, and thank you again uh, for that comment. Um, let's get back to it, see where we left off. Frank Warren used Hearn's old blueprint of securing several top heavyweights and mixing it up with titles. Hearn did the same with AJ White, Parker, Bovekin, Chisora, and et cetera. The Brits love heavies. Yeah, they do. I mean, the Brits have taken over heavyweight boxing. You guys are like above the United States right now. I don't even think it's close. The only guy I, we have out here, honestly, at the moment is Jared Big Baby Anderson, who I'm very high on. Uh, the promo for White Franklin was better than the one for AJ Franklin. They made Franklin look intimidating in those white promos. Yeah, it's like they're showing all of the promos where his like belly fat's jiggling all over the place. You know, his his chest is all jiggly. You know, he's he did it's it's like, yo, come watch AJ knock this guy out. That like that's what the promo for this fight is essentially indicating. All right. Um Franklin is awkward, slick, tough, and very underrated guy. Most fans in media thought Franklin won. Franklin is better than Fury and Wilder's last opponent. And it's not a pay-per-view or a stadium fight. Uh, I think this is a little extreme, Yimmy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't think Franklin's better than Derek Chisora. I really don't. Um, Is he better than Robert Hellenius? I mean, he, Robert Hellenius has way better wins than he does. So I think even that one is kind of debatable, but definitely not better than Chisora yet anyways. All right. Fury is big and uses it. AJ never uses size to his disadvantage in his fights versus Usyk. I agree, Gabe Torres. Okay. Pugilism. Cities in U.S. got to follow suit with Team Norfolk Boxing. Cities were developing an old theater to be a training facility and showcase local amateur cards with local WB-style wrestling cards. USA improves. Look, I'll tell you what we're doing in the Bronx. In the Bronx. We're, in my public school, we're building a boxing uh, program out of our gym. We already have fighters, all right? Uh, it's me. It's my, my co-teacher, Ludo, who's an amateur fighter here in... in, in um, in uh, New York City, trains on the Chico, all right, trains with the same team um, as as a lot of pro fighters, all right. Uh, we we got we're building it in the public school right now, and and we're looking to expand. But like we're 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 doing it through the schools over here. But that's that's a pretty good model too. Uh, Fury will sell all the tickets, pay per view sponsors, etc. Fury has all the big deals. The Fury White split a pot of 42 million. Fury Usyk will have a pot of 50 million at most. 40% of that pays Usyk 20 million. That's the thing. I mean, if they go 50-50, what I'm saying to me is if they go 50-50, essentially what's going to happen is he's going to get less money for that than he will for fighting like, like, a, like, a, like a white. 
unless this does astronomical numbers, which I just don't think it will do. All right. I just don't think it will do. Um, don't be surprised if Yuri Biatch is out of the fight. I hope that doesn't happen, James. Be honest. I really don't. Fury made $35 million against White and over $25 million against Chisora. Without Adrian or Fury, Usyk will be lucky to see $5 million. Usyk isn't a star. I agree. This, this is essentially what I'm saying. Where does, where does Usyk go if he doesn't fight Fury? Mandatories against guys that could beat him? I think Joe Joyce could beat Fury. Obviously, uh, I think Joe Joyce could beat Usyk at this point. Joe Joyce isn't the same skinny kid that fought in the World Boxing, sorry, World Series of Boxing. He's filled out. He's gotten a lot better training under Ismael Salas. This is a totally different proposition now. Totally different proposition. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, and... I'm just going to share my screen as I do this, all right? We're going to go, and we're going to talk a little bit about this zone price increase. Um, are you guys going to stay subscribed to the zone? Does the, does, the, does the price increase affect whether or not you'll be continuing with your zone membership? Because it's a lot. You know, I saw Mike Montero out there on Twitter saying that he's no longer going to be subscribing to the zone. I mean, we're talking about back-to-back years at this point with 50% price increases. That's a lot. Uh that that's a that's a big jump in price. So what is the new pricing position? From February 16, new subscribers in the U.S. will be charged $24 a month or $224.99 for an entire year, or you can sign up to DAZN's new 12-monthly plan for $19.99 a month, equating to a lower yearly total of $239.88. I mean, this is already sounding complicated as I read it. Complicated and expensive. So uh, for this price, existing customers will continue to enjoy a stacked boxing schedule of at least 50 top-tier fights, fight nights annually, discounted pay-per-view events, an ever-growing slate of the zone originals, and much more. When does the price change? If you're a current monthly DAZN subscriber via direct Amazon, Roku, Apple, and Google, your new price will go into effect beginning on your next billing date from 18th of March onwards. You can view your next billing date in my account. If new subscriber, the new price for all new subscribers was introduced February the 16th. So the zone started off. What was it, Nando? I see you saying that you're going to keep yours. The zone started off at what was it nine ninety nine a month for us here in the UK? I oh, sorry in the US. I know it was one pound ninety nine a month in the UK. Then it went up for us to twenty dollars a month, or you could buy the yearly for a hundred dollars a year, which I did. Then it went up to one hundred and forty nine, and now it's gone up again. I'll be honest; 
I, I have no choice but to keep the zone for two reasons. One, because I do this, all right? And I'm not going to be, it's not going to be possible for me to do this, to talk to you guys, to create content, if I'm not subscribed to the network that Canelo's fighting on. And Bivol fights on. And AJ fights on. And Chocolatito and Gallo Estrada. And I could go up and down the divisions. So I, I have, a, I have a, a, a channel. I have to subscribe. The other thing, too, is I understand people have their fire sticks. And... I understand people stream these fights. The other reason I can't, I, I have to keep the zone is I can't do that. And it's not like the moral thing. All right. It's as much as that is valid for a lot of people. I fall asleep during a lot of these like late cards. And oftentimes what I do, my body clock wakes me up at five, even on the weekends. Cause I get up early for work. We actually have a morning boxing program at my school, and I'm at my school at 6.30 to run it. So my body clock is already geared towards waking up early. And uh, I need to be able to watch these fights on demand in the morning with my coffee, on the elliptical, in my uh, TV room, right? So if I had a fire stick and was just streaming this shit, I wouldn't be able to do any of that. So... Look, I'm keeping to the zone. My question is for the consumers, or for those of you who don't have a boxing YouTube, is this going to affect you signing up? So Nando was was uh, was answering some of my questions earlier. He said nine ninety nine a year. Yep, that's what I paid initially. All right. Uh. Then that went up to 150 last year. Yep. And now it's gone up to well over $200 this year. All right. Pugilism says already cut off. Just going to buy next Bivol fight if that's where it's at. So you're going the a la carte option. You're going to just going to buy things as, as needed. I respect that. All right. Yimmy says the zone will cost $26 a month in the UK. That's the most expensive monthly price the zone has in the world. Or $130 a year, you can join for $13 a month on a one-year contract if they scrap pay-per-views. Maybe See, maybe that's the most on the monthly, but the price you're quoting me here is actually less on the yearly. It's actually less on the yearly. So AJ and Canelo's next fight on regular zone will be a smart move to boost global subscribers. There you go. There you go. Yeah, look, and then I'll I'll read out um, Nando's comment here after. It says, if The Zone and Showtime leave boxing, we, waiting for the end of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, at this point, honestly, I think what really should happen is um, The Zone should should probably uh, try to get the PBC on there. They got to do something because their schedule, honestly, isn't really looking that great. 
Uh, I'm going to pull that back up and then we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. So th this is, this is the, uh, the fact that they actually have to explain all of this is telling. So let's look at the schedule. I might have to sign in to see the schedule or not. Actually, I don't. All right. So what do we got here? Uh, today, Red Bull TV. Tomorrow, Unbeaten 24-7 Global Sports Channel. OCT Studio Event Central Europe. That looks like some gaming stuff. Tomorrow, gaming. Monday. Tuesday, gaming. Wednesday, more gaming. Thursday, gaming, darts, and we actually have some boxing. Ramirez versus Padilla, fight night. Friday, darts and more darts. Saturday, darts, more darts, and triathlon super league, whatever that is. And then Sunday, nothing scheduled for Sunday the 26th. Nothing scheduled for Monday the 27th. Nothing scheduled next week at all uh, until Friday the 3rd where there's still nothing scheduled and I don't know I, I just have a tough time kind of justifying this price point given the schedule I mean ESPN plus is way cheaper I think they're at what six seven dollars a month now let's just say seven but they still have stuff every day, right? Uh, I don't know how many of you have signed up for DAZN for darts and gaming, but I definitely didn't. So we'll see what happens, all right? So this was a punchlines, guys. Uh, we will be back for Mano a Mano with Kenny T sometime this week. Again, Mano a Mano is open to everybody live, but becomes members only after we go live. So stay tuned for an announcement about that. I'm thinking Wednesday is a good day for that. I'm going to speak to Kenny about it. All right, Kenny was a little under the weather, but we will be back for that this week. And uh, this was a punchlines, guys. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. And uh, I'm actually off teaching next week. We have a February break here in New York, so expect to see a lot more of me. If you, there's anything you want me to talk about, hit me up on the socials, Twitter, IG, or email me. Drop a comment on this. And uh, we'll be back to you guys very, very, very consistently this week. Like I said, I'm off work. And we'll see you all for Mano a Mano. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you for tuning in live today. It was a pleasure to be here with you guys. And uh, we'll see you uh, for the next one. All right. Uh, salute to everybody. And uh, that's going to be it. I am out. Bad boy. Come out and play. I know we had to do a remix, right? Man, I get more butt than ass trays. The fair one, I get mine the fast ways.
ski mask way in the ransom notes. Far from handsome, but damn a nigga tote much. More guns than roses, foes is shaking in their boots. A visible bully, like the gooch disappear, vamoose, you whack to me. Take them rhymes back to the factory. I see the gimmicks, the whack lyrics, the shit is depressing. Please forget it. You're mad cause my style you're admiring. Don't be mad, UPS is hiring. You should have been the cop, hip hop. With that freestyle, you're bound to get shot. Not from Houston, but I rap a lot. Pack the gap a lot. The flame's about to drop. Here comes a brand new lady. Yeah. Down the 